Well, good afternoon. It's lovely to see you. Christ, a very warm welcome. Let's begin our service with the first hymn, which is the Servant Song. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace be with you. Father of glory, holy and eternal. Lord have, mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let's sit together for the confession. Jesus said that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and love one another as he has loved us. Mindful then of all those times when we fail to live and love as Jesus did, Let's humbly confess our sins together. Heavenly Father, we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and have failed to do what we ought to have done. We are sorry for truly 
Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on you and set you free from sin, strengthen you in goodness, and keep you in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's stand together then to say the words of the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, in the glory of, the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, who for a firmer foundation of our faith allowed the Holy Apostle Thomas to doubt the resurrection of your Son, till the word, till word and sight might convince him. Grant to us who have not seen that we may also believe and so confess Christ as our Lord and our God, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading today is taken from Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading today is taken from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also me, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. 
Listen to the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Now Thomas, who was known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and the doors were locked. And Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and he said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and have believed. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our great Redeemer. Amen. Well, you can imagine life in first century Jewish times. It was complex and challenging. The lands of the Jewish people had been overtaken by Rome and they were living under the, the oppressive grasp of those who had come to take over their country. They were not free to live and to worship as God intended. It was into that culture of enormous difficulty, that culture of oppression and anxiety that Jesus came. God's people were watching and waiting for a new and better leader a leader that would bring freedom and enable them to live as God had intended. The coming of Jesus for many sparked a new beginning, a new dawn. Was this the new and better leader that they had been waiting for? He gave sight to the blind and stopped the ears of the deaf and enabled the lame to leap like the deer in the field. He was a miracle worker. True to his word, he was the promise keeper. And many had believed that he was the one that they were waiting for. Chiefly among them was the disciples. They followed Jesus at great cost, leaving behind everything that was familiar to them. Livelihoods, families, friendships and communities. They went to follow Jesus. And then suddenly, everything seemed to take an unexpected turn. The rabbi Jesus was walking the solitary path to the cross, where he would suffer and die. Dying the death of a Roman criminal, he took his final breath on a cross. And with that final breath, it seemed that the hopes and dreams, the aspirations and the desires of the disciples had altogether disappeared. Most of them were locked away for fear, of the, for fear of the Roman authorities in an upper room. Jesus had been crucified. Would they be next? 
And it was into that disappointment that the risen Jesus appears. Peace be with you. Don't fear. I've conquered death. I've risen from the grave. There is a new and a better hope. Well, you can imagine that the disciples were overcome with joy. There was hope. There was chance of a new beginning. They could believe and they could trust in Jesus after all. One of them, Thomas, was not there on that day. So it's no surprise that the others, they go to Thomas and they say, we've seen the Lord. He's risen. He's conquered the grave. He lives. Yes, Thomas says. That's all well and good. I will believe and I will trust as long as I can see with my eyes and touch with my hands. If I can see the scars on his hands and in his side, then I'll believe. Then, and only then. Some time passes, and again the disciples are all together in one place. This time, Thomas is with them. And Jesus appears. Thomas, don't doubt. Believe. See my hands and my side. Put your hand into mine and believe and know that I am the risen God. For me, Thomas's response to these events is the pinnacle of John's gospel. My Lord and my God. It's a familiar story. It's one we know well. It's usually one we read around Easter time. Today, we read that story because it's the feast of St. Thomas. And so the question is, what is there for us to learn from this story? Well, I think the first thing that we can take from it is this. Human emotions are very often complicated. We can go from a high to a low in the blink of an eye. I don't know about you, but that is certainly true of me. Depending on circumstances, depending on what's going on in my life, depending on how busy I am, depending on the kind of people that I find myself keeping company with, my mood changes like a weather vane. For me, it's a shame that Thomas gets bad press in Christian literature. He's called Doubting Thomas, isn't he? Well, if you look carefully at the responses of the other disciples, Mary, she's heartbroken. We don't call her weeping Mary. The, the disciples, the rest of them, they were terrified. We don't talk about the terrified 12. So why then should we talk about doubting Thomas? It's clear to me that Thomas's response is not cold-hearted disbelief. This is a man who'd left everything to follow Jesus. Today, what we see of him, his doubt, it's a response to the fact that he's lost someone that he believed in, someone that he knew, someone that he trusted, and someone that he loved. He's at a low ebb. Yes, I believe, as long as I can see. 
The thing about Thomas is that he had journeyed every step of the way with Jesus. He knew something of God's goodness. He believed and he trusted in Jesus. He knew that he was no ordinary teacher or human being. That's why he gave up everything to follow him. Today, Thomas is at a low ebb. And so what he does is shoot from the hip. I don't know if you've been sometimes in your own stories feeling a little bit low and perhaps you say something that later you regret. I think this is what we see here. And so the first lesson is this. Human emotions are complicated. Don't be led by your emotions. Hold on to what you know to be the truth about God. Earlier in the Bible, we catch a glimpse of a very different Thomas. We are told of Jesus who wants to go back to Judea to meet with Lazarus, his friend. The disciples are concerned, believing that to be a dangerous place, they fear that Jesus would be stoned to death. And they urge him, Jesus, Master, don't go back to Judea. Thomas, on the other hand, is bold and he's courageous. If he, Jesus, is going back, then let us go back and die with him also. Thomas knew the truth about God. But on this occasion, he was being led by his emotions. And sometimes, the way that we feel doesn't necessarily reflect the truth of what's going on around us. Hold on to what you know to be true about God, not only when you're at the mountaintop, but also when you're down in the valley. The second thing I think that we can learn from Thomas is this. It's okay to have sincere questions. It's okay, too, to have times of difficulty and doubt. That was Thomas's experience. And what we see of God is a God who, in those confusions, in those times of difficulty and doubt, doesn't judge us or cast us to one side, but comes to us ministers to us and meets us. Thomas has his doubts, but that's precisely what Jesus does. If your faith, Thomas, has had such a knock, put your hand into my hand and into my side. See, see the scars of my crucifixion and believe and know that I am he. There were other times in the scriptures when the disciples just didn't get it and they had to ask silly questions. Thomas, when it came to silly questions, was a class act. He seemed to do that all the time. Earlier in this gospel, John chapter 14, Jesus is unpacking the destiny which is ours through faith, a place in God's kingdom. You'll remember the words, they're familiar to us. He says this, 
In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again to you and take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. And you know, Jesus says, the way to the place where I'm going. And it's Thomas, there with Jesus, that asks the silly question. Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? It seems that Jesus has been understood literally by Thomas. It's Thomas's question, his difficulty to understand, and his willingness to ask that stupid thing that everyone else is thinking that opened the way for one of the most profound statements in the New Testament. Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, sometimes, holding on to what we know to be true about God, even in those times of difficulty and despair, even in those times of doubt when we have more than our fair share of silly questions, that's when the most profound and insightful spiritual breakthroughs happen. Thomas comes with his doubts, but meeting Jesus, he says the most incredible thing. My Lord and my God, and you know what's incredible about that statement? It's not the shiny people who've dotted every I and crossed every T that recognize Jesus as God for the first time in the New Testament. It's Thomas the doubter who's struggling to understand. He's the one that declares Jesus to be God for the very first time in the New Testament. It's okay to have your struggles. It's okay to have times of doubt and despair and to come, even if you're only holding on by a thread, and ask those difficult questions that everyone else might be wondering or thinking about asking. Jesus will meet with you. He'll honour you just as you are. And it's often in those times that the most profound of spiritual breakthroughs really happen. And that's why I want to encourage you today, whether you're here in the building or listening from home, please think about coming either on Alpha or on Discipleship Explored. They're both safe places to ask those difficult questions. They're places when you ask those questions where you won't be judged or condemned but you may learn a little, just as Thomas did. All of the details are on our website, or you can see me after the service if you'd like to know more. Another thing that I think we can learn from Thomas is this. Community matters. It really matters. The rest of the disciples, they had seen the risen Jesus. They'd understood that he'd conquered death and the grave. And I think that if Thomas had been with them, his doubts would not have lingered. 
You see, we're not supposed to do this Christian journey on our own. We're made for community. We're meant to pursue God with one another. And that's why belonging to God's family, the church, is so important. Because as each of us journey together, we're meant to encourage one another, to build one another up. And someone once told me that the church is a little like a compass. We're each on our own stage in the journey. There should be some of us who are ahead of others, beckoning them to journey closer to Jesus with them. Each of us should have people that are south of us, behind us, who we are mentoring, encouraging and building up in faith. Come and journey closer to Jesus with me. And all of us should have people who are east and west of us. People who are alongside us on that journey with Jesus. And in the ebb and flow of ordinary life, as we face our joys and our struggles, we're there to carry one another, to encourage one another, and to build one another up in faith. Two final points that I think we can take away from Thomas's story. And they're these. Jesus is God. Thomas, in all of his doubts, he holds on to what he knows to be true about God. And he pursues. Asking questions with integrity. And in doing that, he meets with Jesus. And he sees him to be God. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. The image of the invisible God here with us. So we don't need to play hide and seek with Jesus. We don't need to guess what God is like. We can see clearly for ourselves because he's come among us. And then finally, those last words in the gospel that would easily be glossed over or forgotten about. Because you have seen, Thomas, this is Jesus speaking to Thomas, because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who will see, who will not see, and yet will believe. Blessed are those who will not see, and yet will believe. That's each one of us. Every single one of us. Jesus has a word for us today. The hope that he brings was not just a hope for Thomas, but it's a hope for you and for me too. I hope that we will pursue him, find the hope and the peace that only he can bring. Amen. So let's stand then together and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, 
the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead. Take a seat for a moment. Just a few notices to share with you for, um, for your information so that you know what's going on during the week ahead. First of all, uh, the, after the service today, we're practicing for Open the Book. If you haven't been involved before, but you'd like to know more about it, then please stay after the service. We'd love to share more with you. And then on Tuesday morning at nine o'clock, we're going in to go sign in primary to share some of the Bible stories with the children. There's lots of fun to be had. Last week, we were performing the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, and even took half a tree from Kos Genko's garden into school with us. Lots of fun. If you've never been before and you'd like to get involved, then have a chat with us after the service. Also on Tuesday morning, there's an opportunity to pop into St. Catherine's in Gosainen for a free cup of tea and a chat. If you want to get out of the house and meet with others, it's lovely to see that growing and more and more people popping in. Tuesday morning between 915 and 11.30. It was lovely last Friday to join with the Mother's Union from the parish and with others across the deanery in a special service at St Mary's. That was a real joy and I enjoyed celebrating, so I wanted to thank you for that opportunity. Looking a bit further afield, details are on the bulletin. We're looking forward to welcoming Bishop Greg Brewer to the parish. Bishop Gregg is the Bishop of Central Florida in the United States of America, and he's coming to the United Kingdom for the Lambeth Conference of Anglican Bishops. But before he makes his way to Canterbury, he's having a taste of Lache and Gosainen. So we're having a united service on the 24th of July at the slightly earlier time, if you worship here in Lache, of 11 o'clock in the morning at St. Catherine's. There's lots of reasons for changing the time. One is that it brings both churches together and it's equally inconvenient for everyone. It's not at 10 or at 3, it's at 11. Pop it in your diary, otherwise you'll forget. Also, it gives Bishop Greg an opportunity to get over the jet lag before we throw him straight into the pulpit and give him an opportunity to share with us. 
But more importantly, it then means that the service finishes at lunchtime. And a little like what we did at Easter when we had the agape lunch, we're going to get together for a bring and, bring and share lunch in the hall in Gorsainan. It'll give us an opportunity to meet Bishop Greg and to learn a little bit about the church in another part of the communion. So that's on the 24th of July. Pop it in your diary. And then one final thing. If you've got a passion for children's work, we're beginning our children's ministry in the parish once more. There's a small team of volunteers being working hard all the way through COVID, serving our children and families online. But we now want to begin again with events in person. And we're doing that at the beginning of September on um, the 3rd of September with a family fun day in St. Catherine's. So if you've got a passion for children's work and you want to get involved, either as a leader or as an assistant to help other leaders, then please do let me know because we're in the process of building our team once more. So hold all of those things in your thoughts and in your prayers. Take the bulletin away with you. And if there's anything you'd like to know more about, have a chat with us, either after the service or if you're joining us from home, give us a call. Let's pray then. Oh, yes. I knew there were so many announcements, which is an amazing thing. Now that we're emerging from COVID, I would definitely forget one thing. Next Sunday is Sea Sunday. And we're joining together for lunch in the boating club in Lacha. So if you'd like to join with us, if you're here today or if you're listening at a later time, please let us know. We'll book you in and I'm sure that we'll, we're in for a real treat next Sunday afternoon. More details from Moira or if you want to, if you want to come, then let her know after the service. Let's pray. We remember in our prayers today the Anglican Church of Tanzania and Christians looking to the Apostle Thomas for their heritage, especially Christians in South India. We also pray for Andrew, our Archbishop, the clergy of this parish and all who work with them. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for the people of the Ukraine and their family members around the world. We ask that those involved respond with wisdom and courage and that a peaceful solution will be achieved. Above all, we pray for all your precious children at risk and in fear that you will hold and protect them. Lord, in your mercy. Bless our church and our congregation as we come together to worship you. We pray for any of our members who are unwell or housebound and look forward to the time when they're able to join us again. Let them know you are always with them and keep them in our thoughts and prayers. Lord, in your mercy. We remember those who have passed away and pray that you will be those <coughs> sorry. We remember those who have passed away and pray that you will be with those who are grieving. We think of all our loved ones who are resting in peace with you. We pray today for families who are arranging or attending funerals in the coming weeks. Be with them, Lord, 
and comfort them as only you can. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Help us, our families, and all who are dear to us, to honour all that you have created. Guide us to live responsibility, to care for your earth. Help us now in all we say and do, to act for the good of all your people in future generations. Lord, in your mercy. And we pray for ourselves and thank you for the protection you have given all of us. We pray that you will give us the courage to go to out in faith and speak of your love to all we meet and to our family and friends. We need reminding, Father, of all you have done for us in our lives and all you will do for us in the future. Mercy of our Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus came and he stood with Thomas and he said, Peace be with you. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's share a sign of that peace together then.
By your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. True and living God, the source of life for all creation, you made us in your image always and everywhere we give you thanks, through Jesus Christ our Lord. In your love for us and in the fullness of time, you sent your Son to be our Saviour, the Word made flesh. He has lived among us and we have seen his glory. For our sins and for the sins of the whole world, he suffered death on the cross. You raised him to life in triumph and you exalted him in glory. Through him, you sent your Holy Spirit upon your church, and you made us your people. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we praise your glorious name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us pray. Blessed are you, almighty God, because on the night that he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given you thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this. In remembrance of me. In the same way after supper he took the cup and when he had given you thanks he gave it to them and said drink from this all of you this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Therefore, loving God, recalling now the sacrifice of Christ your Son, once and for all upon the cross, and the triumph of his resurrection, we ask you to accept this, our sacrifice of praise. Send your Holy Spirit on us and on these your gifts, that we may be fed with the body and blood of your Son, and filled with your life and goodness. Unite us in Christ, give us your peace, that we may do your work and be his body in the world. Through him, with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, almighty Father, forever and ever. Amen. So as our Saviour Jesus Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, our Father, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Jesus, Lamb of God, have mercy on us. Jesus, bearer of our sins, have mercy on us. Jesus, redeemer of the world, give us your peace. Draw near then and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ given for you. Feed on him in your hearts by faith and with thanksgiving. Amen.
Give thanks to the Lord, for he is gracious. Almighty God, who on the day of Pentecost sent your Holy Spirit to the apostles with wind from heaven and with tongues of flame, filling them with joy and a boldness to preach the gospel, by the power of the same Spirit, strengthen us to witness to your truth that we may draw everyone to the fire of your love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.
the power of the Spirit to live and work to the praise and glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.